0: Hello, this is Bob Ray and welcome to another episode of Love Like a River, where we examine the statements and expressions of the God of the Old and New Testaments with the goal of discovering the practical applications of those words for our lives today. Our topic on this broadcast is pray at all times. Yes, pray at all times, and it's a look at you and your prayer life. Last time we were together, I gave you three practical tips for your personal prayer life, and they were, number one, write your prayers down using the professor method that was organize them according to personal, relational, occupational, financial, and then the general rest of your life. Write them down get them on a piece of paper. Secondly, record your answered prayers on that same prayer list. So if you're praying for something regarding a relationship with a friend and that very thing that you're asking for occurs, you go ahead and make a note there, put the date, and that's encouraging later on as you're praying through your list, you see God Interacting, answering prayers, you praying not in vain, but in hope of answers. And then, lastly, the third point was to actually pray, to do it, to not just write your list, but to use your list. And so, with that, uh, we said that we'd come back for our final episode, our final podcast on prayer. And we wanted to look at one last instruction. And then how you can apply it all to your life. So the instruction is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 18, where it says, with every prayer and request, pray at all times. Pray at all times. So I'll ask that with a question. All times? Pray at all times? How does one do that? So the instruction here is to pray at all times. But the question is, how does one do that? Someone might say, I have trouble praying once a week. I have trouble praying once a month. I have trouble praying ever. How would one pray at all times? And this is a major instruction, a key important instruction in regards to prayer and your life and making prayer an effective part of your life. So here's the answer. You must connect your prayers to your real life, to your real needs, your real fears, your real desires. You have to connect what's real about your life to your father in heaven. You have to get real with what is really going on in your life. Let me give you three examples. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, through chapter two there's a lady by the name of hannah now hannah was was just heartsick because she could not have a child she desperately wanted a child she goes to the house of god the tabernacle and she is praying just a desperate prayer and she's praying about what's real in her life in fact she's praying so desperately that the priest sees her and thinks she's drunk She's so oblivious of what's going on around her, and she's so babbling to God that the people around her think that she's on something, (laughs) that she's intoxicated. And she's not, except that she's making prayer a vital reality regarding one of the most important issues of her life. And God hears her, and God grants her a son. Hannah. Praying about the real issues of her life. Then there's David. We know about King David and he wrote the Psalms and you look at the Psalms and you see praise and you see prayer, you hear all these things. But there's one situation I think it'd be good for you to look at in the book of 2nd Samuel it's in chapter 12 verses 1 through 20 2nd Samuel 12 verses 1 through 20 David had committed a sin two sins actually he took the wife of Uriah so he committed adultery then he murdered Uriah so he <clears throat> two major sins the prophet Nathan comes to him tells him a story and David gets mad because in the story someone abused their power And then Nathan says, David, the man is you. You abused your power. And as one of the penalties for this abuse, your child, your newborn son that you've had with Bathsheba, that child is going to die. Well, that, you know, David could understand him being penalized for his sin. He could understand having to confess and repent and come before God. But this question of the child, he took it to prayer. He went to God, and you read about it there in the 12th chap- chapter of Second Samuel, he went before God, he got on his face, and he was talking with God about that. Now, it comes about that at a certain point, the child dies, and then David gets up, washes, and goes about his business, and the people around him are kind of, you know, they're kind of scratching their head, like, well, wait a minute, what, what happened here? And David said, while the child was still alive, you know, there was hope. While the child was still alive, he had something to talk with God about. But once the child died, no need to pray anymore. The real issue of his life was a struggle that David was talking with God about, but God held true to his word that that child would die as a result of the sin of David and Bathsheba. And so there's an example there in a very, very difficult circumstance where David has sinned, Bathsheba, they have committed adultery. This child is a product of that adultery. And yet David is going to his God because he knows his God is merciful and compassionate. And he's pleading with him that possibly this child might live. When the child does not live, then he moves on. So we have to take the real issues of our life. And sometimes when we pray that way, we're not going to get the answer we want. David, I'm sure, wanted the child to live, but the child didn't live. Yet he applied prayer in a very practical way soul depth way which we need to and lastly we can look at Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane we looked at this in some of our earlier ones Matthew chapter 26 36 through 56 Matthew 26 36 through 56 Jesus bearing his soul in the garden you know just reading those scriptures you can get um, a lot of insight there as to how we need to pray Jesus was saying look father this is what I want if this cup could pass you know I would prefer that, but not my will, but your will be done. So you can tell God what you want. You you state, you lay it out there. God, you know, this is going on and that's going on. And here's what I want. That doesn't mean you're going to get what you want, but in the end, we can learn from Jesus where he says, not my will, but thy will, your will, God, because God's will is ultimately the absolute best Uh, you know we we have brilliant brains given to us by god but it's nothing in compared to his vast intelligence and his vast knowledge and wisdom and his path may be very different than what we think and yet jesus showed us that we can put out what we would like what we desire and then also yield that to god and sometimes it will come out as we prayed Other times it won't, but we're trusting our father in heaven with the real issues of our life. So how do we pray at all times? We need to pray about what matters to us. Pray about what matters to you. Pray about what you think about. Pray about what you worry about. Pray about what you dream about. Pray about what you learn from others. You might get news from someone else and it might be exciting. It might be troubling. Those are the things to take to God. You know, lift them up. You know, uh, Nehemiah got news from, from Israel and Jerusalem that things weren't going well, and he was troubled about that. He took it to prayer, and that's what led to him being before the king and asking the king to let him go back to Israel. You see, the news that we hear from others should be a subject of prayer. Everything that happens in our day can be the subject of prayer. What you're thinking about this very moment, what you've been worried about for the last few days, pray about it. Take it to God, take it to God, lay it before him. Say, Lord, I need your help. And and do you have to wait for a certain place? No, you can pray on the road. You can pray at home, pray at school, pray at work, pray at church, pray with friends, pray when you're facing a challenge, when you're facing a temptation. What is going on in your life? That's what you should pray about. Lay it before God. Forget the word pray, talk with God about it make requests of god about it maybe sometimes the word pray is a hindrance or an obstacle set it aside and have a conversation with your god about what's real in your life make a request what is it you'd like but learn from jesus lord not my will but thy will be done you can trust god to bring the the best into your life you can trust him you can pray at all times when you realize that God is concerned about every area and every issue in your life. Let me repeat that. You can pray at all times when you realize that God is concerned about every area and every issue in your life. And the the reason he is, is because he's already aware of it. He already knows God knows what's going on, and he's looking for you to share with him, to come to him. He's arranged the universe in such a way that we need to express our desires to him, to verbalize them, to think towards him and lay those things out. Now, There's no need to put on a show. You know, the the religious people of Jesus' time, they got in trouble from him uh, because they they used to put on a big show, like, you know, go out and stand in front of people and show everyone that you're praying. No, you don't need to do that. In fact, Jesus said, do it in private. No need to put on a big show. You don't have to get ready to pray. Just pray. Are you on a surfboard? Are you on a mountaintop? Are you in the middle of uh, tabulating income taxes? You don't need to put on a show. You just need to put out your words. No need to sound religious either. You might say, "Okay, I'm ready to do this, but I most I don't I don't know the proper these and those." No, just talk the way you talk to your best friend. Talk the way you talk to your children. Talk the way you talk to your your father or your mother. Anybody you have a great relationship. There's no need to sound religious. Be who you are. And then again, there's no need to go on and on and on for hours. Just pray, let God know what you need, because there's no time limit. It might take a minute. It might take five minutes or 10 minutes. You know, when Nehemiah was before the king, the, the king asked him what he wanted. And it said that right there, Nehemiah shot up a prayer. This is a nano prayer. He shot up a prayer to heaven like, God, give me grace and favor before this guy. You know, he prayed right there. It was not a long, lengthy prayer. Instantaneous. No matter. There's no time limit, no minimum and no maximum. If you have a lot on your heart and you need to take time and pump it out and share it out go ahead. There's no buzzer. That's going to sound saying, okay, you've exceeded your time limit. There's no minimum. There's no maximum. Another element of prayer. There's no posture requirement. Some people might say, well, gosh, I I don't have any place to kneel here. I don't have any place to stand. I don't have any place to to dance. (laughs) You Yes, we'll find in the Bible there's times where people are praying while they're kneeling. Others are standing. What about Paul when he was in prison in chains? I can picture him back up against the wall with his arms in chains and his bottom on the ground. He's sitting. Okay, Lydia by beside the river. The women were there sitting beside the river. They, they were there praying, and, and uh, Paul came and spoke with them. So whether you stand or you kneel or you sit posture is not the focus it's praying that's actually the focus it's doing it it's speaking it's using your words as i said god has so arranged the universe the world that it requires us to express verbally or let's say if someone was was mute they would in their mind direct their thoughts to god push your words towards god focus your thoughts and ask for what you need remember the parables jesus said the the man who who needed bread he went to the house of his neighbor and he asked him for what he needed and initially he's rebuffed but he keeps asking he's persistent he keeps asking and the man finally gives him what he needs ask and it'll be given seek and you'll find knock and the door will be open those are jesus's words regarding prayer so persistence is required But not a posture requirement, no time limit. What is required is persistence. Remember, he's the great king and he wants us, his loyal subjects, to come to him. And and in that coming to him, it builds our faith, it builds our knowledge, it builds our relationship with him. A few other thoughts here about prayer. I, I wrote that prayer is a contact sport, it's you and me making contact with God. Prayer is a contact sport. Also, prayer is active. It's not passive. You don't go into some meditative state where you just get lost into nothingness and never speak to God. No, prayer is active. Meditation can be part of it. We can focus our mind on the scriptures, focus our mind on God. We can be still. And in that stillness, ask, ask, or it can be very aggressive. It can be go to him and it's like, hey, I need to talk about this now. Boom, active, not passive. Do not be passive. God does not want you to just fall off into a marshmallow land of passivity. No, he wants children that come to him, trusting him as a father. Another point, prayer is your lifeline to your father. You know, we're in enemy territory here. This is God's world, but it's been since the fall. The the enemy, Satan and demons are here and the multitude of people are not following God. They're following the enemy. Why do you think there's so many wars and crime and murder? Okay. This is a hostile environment. Our father is in heaven. His son, our savior is in heaven. The Holy spirit is here with us in this world, but we need to direct our prayers to God, the father in heaven. So prayer is a lifeline. It's a focus to put you in the direction of your father, the son, the Holy spirit. So realize that, that you need prayer. You need prayer as a vital link to your strength, which is in God. And speaking of the enemy, you know, Satan and his demons would love to keep you from praying. And yes, we are firm believers in everything. The Bible says that there is an enemy named Satan. And there are one third of the angels who fell are demons Not all of them are out there roaming around. Many of them are locked away, but there are enough to cause trouble. And yes, Satan and his demons would love to keep you from praying. Your enemy wants to silence you. So sometimes those thoughts that are there about not praying or, oh, it can wait, don't buy that. Don't buy that because, you know, waiting a year to pray, waiting six months to pray, waiting a week to pray, if it's something that's real today, right now, guess what? You need to pray right now. Don't wait. Don't let the enemy silence you. Don't let the enemy lie to you and say, oh, God doesn't love you. God won't listen to you. Who are you? Read the scripture. See that Jesus, by shedding his blood, has forgiven all your sins. Remember what you've been called to. You've been drawn into the body of Christ. You've been made a new creature. All your sins are forgiven. You stand before your God pure and dressed in white. And you can ask your father for whatever you need. Draw near to the throne of grace. The enemy would love to not allow that. He'd love to stop you, but he can't stop you. The only person that can stop you is you but he'll he'll stop you if you listen to his lies because he well, he is like someone who would keep a thirsty man from water or a starving person from food that's who the enemy is he hates he is evil he keeps a thirsty man from water or a starving person from food and someone in need from prayer through lying Don't buy the lie. The scriptures everywhere tell us to pray, to pray, to pray. And this verse in in Ephesians says, pray at all times. Another point, prayer is our birthright as new creation, new creatures in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17 says we're new creatures in Christ. Ephesians 2 says we were dead, but we've been made alive. God has made us new and he's given us prayer as a means of securing our needs and remaining in contact with him, vitally connecting our real life to his real resources, to him. You know, in the written introduction to this podcast, it says, when all of the instruction is completed, when you have finished all of your training, it's time for action. So in conclusion, Jesus said it was the person who listened to his words and then acted on them, who was the individual building their life on a solid foundation, listening and then acting. He also said, the one who hears but does not act is fooling themselves. If you hear all this about prayer, but you never pray, you're only fooling yourself. You're building your life on sand. And he also goes so far as to say, that house will not stand when the storms and trials of life come, that house will fall. You can read about it in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. You need to act on his words and act on the words of the scripture. So when the Bible says pray at all times, guess what you should do? Pray at all times. This podcast is a vital remember that we must take action and actually pray. We must pray in order to see the benefits of prayer in our lives and in the lives of those whom we pray for. Let me repeat that. We must pray in order to see the benefits of prayer in our lives and in the lives of those whom we pray for. So this is the final word on prayer. This is our conclusion. And long before Nike ever wrote this out as their slogan, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were saying this regarding prayer, just do it. It's what the Bible says, just do it. Question on prayer, just do it. Question on whether you need to pray right now, Just do it. There's wisdom in acting on the word of God. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you for taking the time and for the time that we've spent together discussing prayer. Thank you for spending time with us over the last 12 episodes. We know that you have many listening options, and so we appreciate your decision to spend time with us. This is your host, Bob Ray, wishing you the best of God's wisdom and the deeper discovery of His love for you. Have a blessed day.